You're listening to Yo! and Underlords Podcast. Brought to you by YetiArcade.com. Yo! 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 Level up your game by getting the latest news, reviews, and strategy to help you in your quest to becoming a Lord of the White Spire. And now your hosts... Hey everyone, welcome to episode 6 of Yo! and Underlords Podcast brought to you by... YetiArcade.com. Today is Saturday, September 21st of 2019, and here in Kansas City, I am your host, J.R. Cook, and I am joined by uh, my two faithful co-hosts who have been here all six episodes now, which I don't understand why they're still with me, but they are. (laughs) Coming from all the way from Amish country, Indiana, we have Mr. Big Time Contract Willie. How's it going, Willie? (laughs) It's uh, it's going pretty good. I do have a question for you guys. What's that? Aaron, go ahead. Do you guys do you guys remember the twenty first night of September? Oh boy, <laughs> what was what was in the minds of pretenders? Body, uh, say, do you remember? All right, off to a roaring start. <laughs> so, okay, so September twenty first today is actually a very special day for me because today is actually my wedding anniversary. So, oh, oh that's nice. awesome! Yeah. Did you guys dance to September? (laughs) (laughs) No, we did not. It feels like a missed opportunity. Yeah, Yeah. it feels. Yeah, yeah, it should have been a wedding song right there. That should have been your first dance. Yeah, we actually did not have a first dance. We didn't have any dance. So, oh, that's fair. We didn't either. (laughs) Um, and then uh, I I did, but it was in a stratosphere in Vegas (laughs) at a restaurant. (laughs) Uh, and the other co-host that you heard there, uh, coming all the way from. Uh, that one place up north, we have Charlie. How's it going, Charlie? <laughs> Doing pretty well. Had a uh, pretty good week. Just ready yeah. to talk some Underlords. Yeah, um, which is good because this is a podcast about Underlords. Yeah, yeah. It's the perfect place to do it. So Rather than yelling it yeah. on the corner of the street, I can record it here and people might actually listen it. Yeah, like, uh, yeah, the two listeners we have are <laughs> excited about this. So <laughs> I know Daniel's out there listening. Hi, Daniel. <laughs> <laughs> um but charlie you you've had you've probably played the most out of all of us this week i think yeah. so what have you been yeah, up I, to this week i got a few games in um i've been trying to kind of feel out what some of these recent changes have meant especially with the patch that hit yesterday that we'll be talking about today but um it, it's it's interesting because assassins feel like they're in a pretty good place right now, but y- you have to have like a really good comp for them. And a lot of the things that complement assassins are often uh, pretty heavily farmed, so it can be kind of weird. Same thing like like Scrappy seems to be very popular right now, and and we'll be talking about them as well. But uh, yeah, it, it's it's been interesting. I think. They're moving closer and closer to a very healthy meta. I, I think there just needs to be a little more variety. And that variety we know is coming. Yeah, yeah. New Once new alliances hit, I think it's going to help with some of that variety uh, quite a bit. And as we had talked about last week, a little bit adding, you know, a couple more aces for various factions, make them feel more, you know, fleshed out and have a final build, things like that. All, all those things are, are on the way and, and going to help a lot. Yeah. But as as it stands right now, I think this is probably the most stable the meta's been in a while. Yeah. Um, there have been changes over the past two Fridays, but they're not so big that like it it just turned the entire game on its head. They were more just bringing up units that were kind of farther down the scale on the tier list, which is always it's always a good thing to buff units. So yeah, I feel well, like can be. I feel like the game um hasn't been turned on its head since around Labor Day weekend. Yeah, yeah. The last biggest thing to happen was definitely contraptions. I think. Yeah, um, yeah, I agree with that. But Willie, uh, you you've done a lot of uh, casting for uh, UPL. I believe they had the grand finals. Mm-hmm. How how's yes. how's all of that been going? Yeah. Uh, so yeah, we did have the grand finals uh, this past Friday for UPL su- season two. Um, Three hundred and fifty dollar prize pool up for grabs. Two hundred would be going to first which was blazed in this case, had an, uh, just an amazing showing. Philia was uh, coming in second. She also had a really, really solid run. And then uh, the surprise for me was uh, Marana slash Maranich. Um, depends on who you ask. We butchered that dude's name all night. I got to get with him and find out actually how to pronounce his name on stream. He took third. 
Um, Blaze, however, just lucked into everything he could have wanted. He placed one, uh, it was a four game series. Um, first game, uh, he went one, first, second game, second, third game, first, fourth game, like second. And he just ran away with the points. Like it wasn't even close. So he took home, home the $200 and he, on top of that, um, his blacklist and reroll management was just absolutely insane. His econ management, like the guy played godlike. Like if he wanted to, if if Valve ever runs a, a big money tournament, like this is the level of execution of those those particular concepts that like you wanna you wanna see. Like that will win you the big money. And and it, and it, obviously he did. Well, he didn't win big money. He won two hundred dollars, but like that's how you want your tournament to go everything was perfect like he had he ran two two bloodbound comps um and like it wasn't even close like i think he had a a, a btc on a, a three-star terror blade one game another Ugh. one was a luna yeah yeah that Ugh. terror blade did was just nasty um yeah but yeah it, it, it was it was a really exciting tournament we had about 200 viewers which you know with no celebrities like giving us raids or anything like that that's you know i'm actually really impressed with the growth of upl like people want to come see this tournament people want to come watch this tournament um they want to play in the tournament too yeah so yeah no i'm yeah i'm excited to see where um underlords goes um once once we start getting these October releases, once we start getting into season one, um, and, and the game's like officially out, um, what Valve does with this scene? Yeah, and the one thing I noticed was the main the meta has pretty much I want to say stabilized at this point. You're seeing a lot of like <laughs> the last the last game is just one lobby. It's just eight players, and they all went for the exact same thing right out the gate, like. Four players all grab the exact same units, like round one, like round two, same thing. They all grab the exact same thing. So um, if there there will be a, a bots coming out here real soon of that. So, you know, you can go check that out on the Underlords Pro YouTube. Uh, but yeah, it was it, it was really funny at the start of that last game because all the players knew exactly what what they wanted, what they were going to try to build for. And some of them stuck with it. And then you saw some other players just immediately like start going away from that as soon as they realized that uh, this is not going to be effective for me at this point. I need to move into something else. Yeah. Yeah. So, Charlie, you're you're playing in something like that, too, right? You're, you're signed up for. Uh, I haven't got a chance to play in UPL yet. No, um, the two weeks that I was able to do was one was the vacation week and the other one um, something happened with the registration where like I, I probably messed it up and didn't click on the right thing or something, but I'm going to try to join next season. Uh, gotcha. I just remembered you saying that you're trying for it or something like that. Huh? Yeah. Yeah. I subbed to the thing because I haven't hit Lord yet. Um, I'm still uh, toiling away in big boss, but yeah, uh, yeah, it's uh, if you sub to UPL's Twitch channel, you can get our early registration access. So I'm going to try and play in the tournament soon and see how things go. And I don't expect to do well, but I do expect to uh, learn from it. So I, I'd like a chance to play with that many high level players and, and glean what I can from that kind of setting. Yeah. Well, and the like. Well, and the nice thing about UPL is pre like we're going to be changing the format a little bit coming coming into season three because um, we're we're planning to expand to 128 players rather than just 64. Yeah. Um, I forgot where I was going with that. <laughs> oh, okay. Well, it sounds like uh, <laughs> there'd be a benefit for uh, making a tournament that restricts lords out of it, like make it a lower level kind of tournament for people who. That and that's actually been discussed. Um, we, we've we've talked about doing a pub night where I just fire the stream up, toss some lobby codes out into the Discord, and and go from there. Um, yeah. And there's been talk of like a non Lords tournament. I think we decided against that because I don't think we have the resources to run that or even make it appealing. So if there's any uh, you know mods or uh, casters out there that want to dip their feet into. Uh tournament upl's hiring up yeah we are we are always looking for casters especially now that we're going to be running a, a tournament that's eu friendly in yeah. terms of uh what time of day it goes down because like right now we start at 7 p.m eastern and 
that's not exactly the most Europe friendly time that I think England that puts it about one, two in the morning and nobody's going to come cast that. So we're running, we're going to be running one little earlier in Europe time. And I believe that one we're going to have a combined grand final of like NA and EU players. I think both uh, leaderboards will run concurrently with each other. So mm-hmm. it's very possible you may see a, a like NA versus EU final, or you may see, like everyone just dominates on EU side. But yeah, but yeah it, it like the as we were talking about it, like the the idea of having a combined grand final with everyone from like the EU tournaments and the NA tournaments all feeding into the same grand final. That that was a pretty appealing idea. Yeah, hmm. nice. Um, as for me this week, I I played a little bit before. The latest update. Um, I was doing really well. Uh, I think I got, I think I got third in like every game that I played. I, I, I couldn't get, I couldn't bump up to that first or second place, but I would always be like top four and was moving up the ranks pretty good. And then, and then uh, I hadn't had a chance to play since the new update, so I was like, all right, I'll play. You know, I had like a, a time last night to play like one game, and uh, in our little chat that we have going on. Charlie's like, man, assassins are really good right now. I'm like, all right. Well, I was starting to get some assass- assassins, and I had a, I ended up with like a three star slark and a three star bloodseeker. I'm like, all right, all right, I'm I'm gonna be doing pretty good. Um, and then I got eighth, and I was out before round twenty five. So you know, assassins are really good, Charlie. <laughs> <laughs> I, I didn't know. I was wondering what that was about. <laughs> I can't. I can't comment on what happened in your game. I didn't see, you know, how many other people were at assassins. What was going on? How you scaled? What your items were? So my items I were say, actually very terrible. Um, I I was getting really bad luck with items. And that's that's probably that's it. probably yeah. it because assassins are probably one of the most item dependent classes out there right now. You really feel bad if you don't get a mask of madness and like a maelstrom or a skull cracker or something. Yeah, I didn't get any to, of that. Yeah, it was awful. Yeah, they they definitely need help from their items because while they are great individually, they can still be st- cc'd and blown the hell up. You know, so uh, but if you you know. Like I took first place last night, but I also had a three-star Slark with Ma- um, Mask of Madness. So yeah, I had a three-star Slark, and the best item I had was like Gloves of Haste. Nice. And uh, you know that just wasn't that good, but um, yeah, it's just the way that the game fell. I'm hoping to get some more more play in today. Um, yeah, things are starting nope. to slow down where I can play. I can actually play games again, guys. That's pretty <laughs> exciting. So. Yeah, it's. It's always annoying when uh when IRL overtakes everything and you can't yeah. really find time to even sit down for forty minutes and yeah. play. People that listen to my other podcast well might understand this, but for those that are new to like um our podcast and don't listen to my other one, um I work kind of in a retail IT environment. Um so uh august september is always like our busiest busiest time because we're trying to get everything in before october because that's kind of when our slow season begins because that's when our blackout is because we need all of our systems to be good and firing off before the holidays um so this is like always the busiest time for me um so hopefully everything is good i got like another week of that and then i think then i think i can kind of relax guys so and then they'll they'll Drop overlords in the game and a bunch of new alliances, and you'll have no idea what's going on. Yeah, pretty much. <laughs> pretty much. So, speaking of updates. This week in Dota Underlords. Uh, so, we had some, uh, we had a patch drop this week, um, just one, and it was called The Update in Which Mr. Warlock Gets Flashy. Um, Good old Mr. Warlock. Mr. Warlock. Um, so, just going over um, some of these changes. Um, we've got some cosmetic changes uh, for the two and three star visual upgrades for Batrider, Enigma, Slark, Sniper, and Warlock. Um, Slark and Batrider look really cool. Yeah, yeah, they've got they've got great sets. Like in in Dota itself, like Warlock probably has some of my favorite uh, cosmetics. I haven't actually seen Warlock upgrades yet. I, I haven't seen uh, an. When do you ever? To... That's true. <laughs> <laughs> that's that's very true. Yeah. <laughs> One of these you will never see. Um probably my favorite um update on this is the janitor took out some more crash trash. 
That's good. Yeah. yeah. Um, make sure, Gabe, that you keep paying that janitor because he's yep. he's doing the Lord's work for us. <laughs> um. Yeah, I, I love the I love the terminology they use in every update. It's always fun. <laughs> um, the lap. Yeah. Oh, never mind. Yeah. Uh, I was just going over the rest of these general ones pretty quick. Uh, fix an issue where Terrorblade could sunder with the wrong unit at cast time, including dead units, and can no longer enter combat preview mode on the board when in combat. Yeah, just there was a video going around of the Terror Blade swapping health with a zero health unit and just immediately dying when it went to alt. <laughs> it was pretty embarrassing. <laughs> so uh, after they fixed that, I've been seeing more Terror Blade. Yeah. There was there was a weird. There's a, a still a weird bug. I don't think it got fixed. Where um, if you write it, the a timer is expiring. If you um, sell a unit that's on the board and quickly buy something else, you'll have that unit you sold, and it'll Just still be visually fighting. right. Or, no, oh. it it it, oh. it actually attacks. Wow. And um, you'll have whatever you bought on the bench when the round starts. So you effectively get two units for the cost of one. Yeah, yeah, that sounds pretty bad. Yeah, that sounds like an exploit. That sounds but, like an exploit. But as soon as the round ended, the unit I sold was sold. Like, and I didn't get an extra gold out of it either. Like, it was just it just disappeared off the board, which I thought was a really weird glitch. And I feel like that that might might have some abuse later on. Like, yeah, no, that sounds like, yeah, that sounds legit like an exploit. Yeah, I mean, if you if you're saying you can sell a unit. And buy a new unit, but it doesn't tag you the gold until after the round ends. That's that's a huge advantage. Yeah. Oh, so yeah. Hopefully that gets fixed. But that was that was a weird bug that I I came in into contact with. Um, speaking of bugs, though, is everybody was whining about um how they still they're like, well, with this update, uh, all passives are acting like um uh their passives are going off at a tier higher than what they are than what that yeah. unit is. So like CM. Uh, you know, her passive is going off of tier two, even though you know she's she's one star and yeah. etc. Um, here's the thing, guys. That bug has been in here for a while. I mean, I I wasn't talking about it on the show last week, but I talked about it to you guys. I remember yeah. that like before. Oh yeah, 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 I remember that. Yeah, I remember yeah. that. So finally, that's starting to become the light. People are thinking that this update caused that bug to happen. That bug's been in the game for a while. Um, Slark, yeah. anything that has a passive. Is acting like it's a tier higher. Um, yep. CM, Slark, um, all of, all of those guys. So uh, just a heads up, uh, Drow, the uh, Drow Ranger, whatever it's called. Mm-hmm. Um, but anyway, hero changes. Uh, uh, but I did see something that um, they said they're going to be trying to fix that bug next week. So they might be fixing that here pretty soon. That'll be good. Yeah. Um, hero changes. Uh, Bloodseeker, Blood Rage. Uh, now I'm up to. His existing maximum attack uh, speed bonus of 500 earlier at 20% health was 0%. Mm-hmm. Um, this is a big change. Yeah. It, it made Bloodseeker, a, a, went from being, you know, they've they've made some changes over the past week to how Bloodseeker is, uh, you know, avoiding the Deadeye Alliance and fixing Deadeye. Yeah. Um, but yeah, this this is really big. This, um, before you would always kind of want Helm of the Undying to even think about running Bloodseeker because you want it he would never be able to get to his fully um, fully buffed state until he was at zero health. So now he does that at 20%, and in the helm's still good on him because it gives you that extra five seconds of full you know, potential damage. But it, it's a really big deal for what they were trying to accomplish with what uh, Bloodseeker's um, goal is as a unit. Yeah, and, and like you said, uh, I'll just skip down to this. The alliance changed on the Deadeye Alliance. Um, added a small health difference buffer to prevent Deadeye units constantly changing targets. And the problem yeah. was Bloodseeker would just sit there and bounce back and forth constantly. Yeah. 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 It didn't really affect Gyro or Sniper as much. Um, so this was probably something that was always kind of an issue in the game if they were ever to release a melee Deadeye unit. So it's it definitely helped. Bloodseeker feels like he's a lot smarter now, and he also feels a lot stronger. Um, so that's probably was one of the things that's been helping Alliance or uh, it, assassins. It, it, it really has. Um, yeah. a, a thing I'd like to note during UPL, I saw a lot of Bloodseeker getting picked up. Yeah. Like it, it, this wasn't, and it, and it wasn't something, well, I'll just, you know, plug this Bloodseeker in to complete this Alliance and then shift them out. No, people were going for three stars. Like yeah. people going for two star Bloodseeker, three star Bloodseeker. They like, he is vastly improved 
within this meta. He definitely has a home as a three-star and scrappy assassin, in my opinion. Um, the next change was Lich. Uh, chain Frost bounced range changed to two was four. So that, that... Well, that was that was needed. Yeah, Chain Frost that was... big of a deal. No, like it's still gonna go off early enough to where like two cells is still a lot for it to to like have a bounce target to go to. Um, yeah. Four was just ludicrous, <laughs> but like uh, two, it's it's still it didn't like I don't think it really weakened Lich. All it really does is maybe like if in long extended fights, like maybe the second cast doesn't isn't nearly as effective. But I think the first cast is still going to accomplish what it's trying to do. Yeah, the yeah. first cast is definitely going to like turn the battle into your favor. But that yeah, that second cast might not even bounce if it's late enough into the round. Yeah, yeah. I, I think this doesn't overall change Lich's effectiveness or placement in a in a uh, tier list too yeah. much, though. Um, one of the big changes I felt like in this patch was Templar Assassin added yeah. meld. Yes. Um, when first attacking after teleporting, Templar Assassin fires a projectile that does 50, 100, 150 damage on impact and decreases their target's armor by two, four, six for five seconds. This actually, I feel like made templar assassin an actual uh four tier uh unit because i don't feel like yeah. it felt that powerful before yeah no I, I mean meld was really really good but with its short recast timer and its ability to just straight up ignore damage um but yeah adding meld to her um is that's great that yeah that's i love that yeah, this um really they've always had this idea or it's at least it seems like they've always had this idea that Templar Assassin was kind of like the sustainy tanky assassin option, but it never really became that um simply because like all the other by the time that kind of effect would be coming into a place for her most of the time all the other assassins were already dead, so like yeah, she could like stand there and and take a few more hits until she died, like all the rest of the assassins. But now, like, if it really feels like she has an impact as a disruptor, kind of, um, in a sense of like a disrupting off tank kind of thing, where like you're just, you know, chunking armor down, getting that extra hit in real quick every time you blink in. It's 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 a big deal. Especially if the target, if she's on the same target as something else, because that every time you do armor reduction, you want to make sure that multiple targets are attacking them. That's why armor reduction is probably um, best when paired with hunters. But in this case, if your assassins are jumping on the same target and Templar assassins, one of them, you're going to double the effectiveness of that new ability of hers meld. And it's just, it's just a passive. It's just a good passive. You know, yeah. you don't have to do anything to have it. It's just better abilities on her. Yep. Um. Uh, next uh, uh, change was Treant Protector Lich, uh, Leech Seed. Uh, I can't talk all of a sudden. Uh, if the target <laughs> of Leech Seed dies before the ability duration expires, Seed jumps to another target for its remaining duration. Treant Protector is awesome now. Yeah. So. Yeah. yeah. That. Oh, go ahead, Charlie. No, I'm. I'm just confirming what Jr. said. Yeah, I, I totally agree. <laughs> Treant's a pretty awesome now. That that Leech Seed fix is uh is very nice. Trees yeah, are back see... on the menu, boys. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, and I and I saw a lot of uh, Treant last night as well. Like people were definitely going uh, too into into druids um, yeah. with uh, with Treant. Definitely uh, a, a focal point of the two. So when that was that was really neat to watch. My favorite part about this too is when Treant's good, Elusive is a lot better because Elusive needs that big tank up front and whether you're splashing three or actually focusing six, uh, both both uh, kind of lend themselves to Assassin. So when when Treant is good because of a fix like this, it, it really brings up other options, which is always great. Yeah. Um, Tusk, Walrus Punch. Tusk is now invulnerable while mid-punch. Okay. I, I wonder if this isn't a bug fix. To be perfectly honest, yeah, because there's a there's a lot of weird stuff that happens with uh with Tusk and his Walrus Punch, and I wonder if just making him invulnerable during the punch, um, is more of a way to stop that. Like yeah. last night, we saw a Slark get punched up in the air, and then he never came back down. Like he was just up in the air, jumping around, attacking people. It was actually a pretty funny visual bug. <laughs> um. And I'm just wondering if making him invulnerable is is to prevent like stuff like that from happening. Yeah, yeah, it could be. 
Uh, it doesn't seem to be hugely impactful. I mean, you never want to say invulnerability is bad, right? But like, yeah. I mean, what, like a millisecond? <laughs> it feels like, or, you know, it couldn't be that long where he's actually just making the punch, right? Uh, maybe maybe he could be CC'd out of his alt in certain instances where like he would go to make the punch and then he'd be disabled into like a chicken or something. Then he would just completely lose the alt and maybe they want to prevent that. Yeah, that makes sense. I mean, so... So what you want to do now is just make Tusk Walrus Punch all the time so he's always yeah. invulnerable, right? Right. New meta, Moonshard, three-star Tusk, go. Crystal Maiden. <laughs> You're fine. Yeah, Crystal Maiden. There we go. Yeah. That's all you need. Just those two units. Yep. Um, <laughs> so what the uh, what this patch was named after, Warlock, um, Shadow Word, uh, now heals 75% of the total heal instantly. And the remaining 25% over the duration of the buff. Uh, this results in 168, 337, 675 instant heal and 56, 112, 225 over the remaining duration. Um, and damage per second changed from 5,100 to one, uh, 150 to 75, 150, 300. Yeah. That's, uh, it's, I still think Warlock is a decent unit, or I still think Warlock is on the lower end of Warlocks, but this definitely brings it closer to being more of a support and a decent unit, especially in the Bloodbound side. I think it's going to be hard to get away from wanting to sacrifice Warlocks on the front line to enable your big-time contract guy, but you can also... And I haven't really tested this yet, so I don't want to say like, oh yeah, this will work for sure. But it feels like a three-star Warlock, a three-star Blood um, Ogre Mage, uh, both on the front line and maybe your big-time contract behind them could still be really strong and, and provide extra damage. But I don't know, you know, I'd have to math out the numbers. Is it more beneficial to ramp up the one unit or have three units that don't necessarily just serve as dead space, you know? Here's the thing that I, I'm interested about. Um, and, it, and it has to do with the Warlock Alliance itself, is that when Warlock, uh, if there's already an uh, active Warlock heal going, um, Warlock Alliance heal going, and Warlock drops his heal on one of those targets, are they just going to like massively heal? Like all of a sudden? Oh, yeah. Yeah, I think they would because of now the 75% of it's up front and that would stack with the Alliance bonus because I believe that's how um, that's part of the reason Shadow Fiend just explodes into full health every time he uses it and the other person yeah. that he's connected with does as well. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Okay, so I mean, that that's some that's some extra value as well now that, now that I think about it is just having that sudden huge burst of a heal for someone. And you make that heal even better if you get them on three star and you get that damage uh, per second up to 300. Yeah, 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 yeah. It's interesting. Um, I, I still feel like I, I haven't seen a lot of Warlock yet, or especially a lot of three star Warlock. I still see them kind of being used the same thing. And I'm not sure if that's due to the fact that um, Warlock's still not actually that great or just people are used to doing things a certain way and no one's really... No one's tried. explored yet. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Or just I haven't been in a game with people trying out three star Warlock. Yeah. Um, and then, uh, probably the smallest change of this whole patch is, uh, Tombstone, uh, raises zombies, uh, range change from two cells to one. I mean, that's, that's just a number. That's just one number. Um, right. so that's it not a big deal, right? <laughs> it only went from being able to spawn from 15 potential places down to, uh, nine or eight, eight, oh. something like that. Oh, okay. Uh, I, that seems like a bigger <laughs> deal then, huh? <laughs> Yeah, no, uh, yeah. Tombstone's basically garbage <laughs> now. <laughs> it, yeah, Tombstone is basically that, just a tombstone. Yeah, <laughs> rip, rip my game here, right? Yeah, as a tier four item, this no longer justifies itself as a tier four item with that radius reduction. The potential value that it represented at two at a two cell radius is extremely diminished when you take it down to one. This is the same thing we saw when they initially started doing the changes to Tide Hunter. And Tide Hunter one star felt so garbage compared to how they used to be because you know he used to stun two radiuses now one now you got to get him up to two star to get those two radiuses and overall it ended up probably being a healthier change but the point remains that when you change the radius of an effect that generates from where the unit is standing especially one that's probably going to be largely un immobile um, it's it's a big deal yeah you know what I would have liked to have seen with this change though. I would have liked to have seen the healing totem or whatever that one is yeah. to change from one to two cells and they buff it. 
Yeah, possibly. Um, that could be another instance where it just gets too good immediately, but I don't know. You know, um, I, I'd be willing to try a week of it, though. <laughs> yeah. Or or maybe just change it so it just turns everything into chickens and then also increase it to two cells. I like um, that. So we can have a chicken meta again. <laughs> I no, stop. No. <laughs> I'm all about the chicken meta. I missed it. That... I need it. I need it in my life. You're all you're all about it only because you missed it. <laughs> like if you'd actually played in it, you would have a violently different opinion. <laughs> Probably. Okay, so <laughs> but yeah, overall Tombstone uh, or overall Healing Ward and now Tombstone both need some work because they're pretty ineffective at what their concept is trying to accomplish. Right. Um. But with all these changes in conjunction with each other, everything we just went over. Um. How how do you feel about uh? what this patch did like in general i think it made assassins a lot better uh bloodseeker and templar assassin and treant protector all tie into a lot of very specific builds that work with hunter or uh, i'm sorry work with assassin and work with other alliances as well um so i think this change was really healthy for assassin and i expect to see them farmed a lot more in the coming week um as far as how big the mr warlock change was i'm, I'm not sure um and and Willie might be able to speak to more of what he saw last night because he had probably a much bigger sampler size than the amount of games I was able to accomplish in like a four hour span. Oh, about Tombstone being garbage? No, no, just in general about just what, general this, uh, about what the, this update yeah. did to the uh, meta. Um, I don't think it did too much to it, to be honest. I, I The biggest things I, I took away from were there were a lot more treant protectors. There were definitely a lot more blood seekers. Um, but really, like if what was strong before it's still pretty strong now yeah um i didn't i didn't see too much variation over over this week compared to the the previous week it was just now that we're actually in a well stable meta at this point uh, and, and it's like i said at the beginning of the show like that last game every like almost everybody knew exactly what they were building into you know r right out the gate so Really, there's there's not much change in the meta. There's not as much Tombstone anymore. Well, no, I take that back. Everyone, there are a number of people who picked up Tombstone, but they all got just absolutely punished for it. Like it 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 had no effect on on how well they did. I don't think any of the top players took a Tombstone. Yeah, hmm. yeah, that's definitely fallen out of uh, grace in the meta. I would I would assume. Yeah, yeah, um, yeah. There, I mean, really, there's nothing that's too different at this point um bloodseeker's much more viable now in a in an assassin lineup um and like i said there was a few players who were definitely running two druids with train as the focal point and then just kind of flexing into other stuff uh, i did see some elusive comps as well um i think they placed a mid pack for the most part, I they they did well enough. They probably could have done better with some with maybe I don't know some scrappy in there. Yeah, I mean it's one of those things. That it's still a pretty low tier as far as compared to other alliances. But when Triant Protector gets fixed, it, it makes the alliance go. You're gonna see more of it now. Yeah. Hmm. All right. Um. Yeah. I I agree with what you guys are saying, and uh, we're gonna hop over and talk about um scrappy. Welcome to the Pro Corner. Uh, so this week, uh, talking about the meta, Charlie kind of put together a little bit of uh, a guide to talk about Scrappy. Yeah, um, I think this is probably one of the more reliable um, reliable compositions you can do right now. And you'll generally see in most games one to three people going for it because of that. It's a pretty effective alliance and what they're trying to accomplish in most phases of the game it's decent in the opening it's really strong in the mid and it can really come online if you get enough three stars in the late game um it can be overpowered by certain builds like by, like mage and stuff but overall scrappy is usually good for a top four finish especially if you find the units you're looking for so um, so for those that don't remember or uh you know aren't are probably in the lower you know, trying to rise in the game a little bit. What are the scrappy units? The scrappy units are uh, Bounty Hunter. He is a one-tier unit, and he costs um, one gold. He's scrappy assassin. He's good for a start, like, getting 
a bounty hunter is just a good unit right now. Um, he is fairly strong in the early and mid game, and he's easy to position out of. So you never really go. Um, it's rare that you'll go three star unless you're really into scrappy assassins. But for the most part, uh, he's just a very good complement to an early game. Uh, the other complement to the early game is Timbersaw, and he's Scrappy Inventor. Uh, he's a Tier 2 unit, and he's a frontline unit. And he's basically, if you want, the, the whole idea of Scrappy is to get four Scrappy as soon as possible. So seeing Bounty Hunter and Timbersaw early kind of leads you down that path, right? Uh, because your next units are going to be Tier 3 units in Tinker and Clockwork. So And those um, seem to be the power. Yeah, yeah. Tinker and Clockwork are the glue. They are the biggest um, proponents of what makes Scrappy good. They're um, they have they both get huge power spikes when they go to tier three, and um, yeah, they they both have great abilities in their ultimates. They're just they're just very solid units. They're also tanky. Uh, they have you know good health regen because of the Scrappy Alliance. So, isn't Sniper also tier three? Sniper is also tier three. Uh, he's less used. Um, his main purpose is kind of like if if you're trying to go six scrappy, he's a lot more useful. Um, I'm generally a four scrappy man, but not always if the situation presents itself. Um, and then even then, he kind of usually gets replaced. Like if you're rolling and you're in six scrappy, he's probably going to be the first to go if you find a techies or a, or um, well techies mainly, but possibly also no, you probably wouldn't get rid of him for uh, if you were going to get a gyro in there because he would assist in the uh, Deadeye Alliance. But yeah, he gen he's generally first to go to techies, I would say. By the way, this is how I'm going to start um, uh, introducing you on the podcast, the the four scrappy guy. <laughs> four scrappy guy? Four scrappy <laughs> I like guy. It. I'm generally a four scrappy guy. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> and the uh, other couple of units that round out the Alliance are, uh, well, really just the one more unit that rounds out the Alliance that I haven't mentioned is Alchemist. Um, he's got fast attack speed. He's tanky as hell. And he applies a debuff to the entire field uh, that's stepping in the radius where that poison comes out. I generally slot him in and immediately replace Bounty Hunter and then find a complementary Warlock to go with Alchemist because he's uh, just a really good unit. He's He's provides a lot of value yeah um techies is the ace he um well he's not the scrappy ace he's the inventor ace but by virtue of having tinker timber saw and clockwork if you get a techies you're gonna have four inventors as well so it, it, he's kind of the tech he's sort of the scrappy ace in that he's an ace for inventor and it's very easy to get that if you're going scrappy uh the chain reaction is a really big deal um basically what he does is that anything that dies when you have this um ace effect active anything around this applies to your opponent's minions they die and blow up if they <laughs> this is hard to explain because it's weird when an inventor dies they blow up and deal damage equal to their um a percentage of their health now, if they blow up and kill a unit, that unit that gets killed then also blows up and deals a percentage of its health to the unit surrounding it. And then if those kill something, then it, it, you know a chain reaction happens and it keeps going outward. So essentially the idea is if your timber saw or your clockwork blows up and kills the other tank, now the other tank's going to use its massive health pool around its own units to also blow up those units. And you'll, you can find good... Um, good videos of it happening on Reddit and whatnot, where you'll just see entire boards explode after like the clockwork went down or the tinker went down or something like that. So I love clips like that. I'm sorry for jumping in, but no, those no, make me giggle like an idiot. <laughs> no, I, you guys free to jump in during any of this because yeah. I, am, I am not the authority. <laughs> no, no, um, you're the four scrappy guy, right? I'm the four scrappy guy. Uh, <laughs> so uh, some common support units that you'll see that, that really uh, tie into the things that, um uh the scrappy are trying to do our slark uh bloodseeker razor crystal maiden uh coddle and shadowfiend um also necrophose is pretty good uh any really most of the warlocks are fine to pair to get the final warlock bonus but i generally will try to start building a shadowfiend especially if i know that i'm going towards the mage side because um outside of scrappy assassin there's also a scrappy warlock mage kind of thing you can do that's pretty nice and um this is mainly because when you're in Scrappy, they are very good units, but they're also very mana hungry. So if you can grab a Crystal Maiden and pair it, um, 
it's very helpful. The um, third, you, you generally want crystal madeline and coddle in that. Uh, the third mage isn't as important. Uh, Razor is just easy to build and kind of effective, but it could easily be Puck or Lena or um, and really any other mage uh, besides Blood, o- Blood Ogre probably wouldn't be good unless you had a big time contract. Yeah. So um, the strongest roll value you'll generally have is when you get to level eight with Scrappy. Um, you're going to be looking to get three-star units most of the time when you're in Scrappy, especially Clockwork and Tinker. They're the most important units to get to three-star. So um, Tinker generally... is a beast at three-star. God, a three-star Tinker oh, is so amazing. I love three-star Tinker so much. It, like yeah. Three-star Tinker is my case for Crystal Maiden being relevant on any level. Oh yeah, yeah. The he he really thrives when you got a crystal maiden behind him. Uh, he's he's a good unit, even though he's ranged to put kind of towards the front because he has armor. And the more little bits of splash damage and and bits of damage he takes here and there makes him more likely to shoot more missiles, which is kind of the whole point of being a tinker, you know. So yeah, he is really just he's what makes the alliance go. But I've also seen Scrappy get completely carried in like a hunter kind of dead eye thing where you know you've got three hunters and you've got the dead eye and you got the scrap and and sniper is just with like a moon shard just destroying everything so um i i do think tinker and sniper are probably the highest potential for damage on the scrappy side um but tinker's a lot more common uh and probably more important in general yeah so um yeah, there's a few things too you can do um item wise uh mechanism has a lot of synergy with them uh as scrappies because they already deal in regen and more regen is just going to make them more sticky and harder to take down. Uh, uh, the big thing though, that really works with them is probably pipe because they don't really have any magic resist and, and just putting a, also a magic bubble around your entire scrappy just makes them really hard to take down and, and makes them pretty tacky, t- uh, tanky. Um, make some tacky, make some tacky. The uh, refresher orbs probably also really good um, as an offensive kind of, defensive item depending on how you use it um you could put it on techies if you get it and it's just gonna you know lots of bombs are really good uh you could if you end up in warlock and your warlock's disruptor or um shadow or i'm sorry troll warlord or not troll warlord why do i always mess this name up troll shaman is that who that Uh, is shadow shaman shadow shaman not shadow shaman the other one the warlock uh troll oh oh witch doctor Witch Doctor. Why do I always mess that up? (laughs) Uh, Refresher on Witch Doctors, you know, that's just more bounces with this thing. Um, Offensively, Mask of Madness is obviously important. If you end up in uh, Scrappy Assassin, you're going to want that on uh, Slark or possibly Phantom Assassin, depending on what your uh, Assassin lineup looks like. And uh, actually, Blink Dagger is pretty pretty good on um, Scrappy. It's it's decent early because you can use it on like a Clockwork to just get your get your alt off quicker hmm. or maybe even a timber saw. And then late game, it's really, really good on techies because they, a, a while back, they nerfed the radius on techies explosion quite a bit and getting him in on that back line and getting that bomb off is, is very important. And then obviously he can also blow up and do a chain reaction in their back line as well, which could lead to a lot of deaths. So Blake dagger is just really good on techies. And if you feel like you're definitely going to be, attempting a late game techies uh i mean I'm late game scrappy strategy blink dagger is a great early investment as one of your items hmm. i hadn't even thought about blink dagger on techies and now i feel dumb for not thinking about that well it's it's one of those things because it's like you see you see blink dagger right like i'm turns two three and ten right you know you, you're you don't not think really about the thinking. later yeah yeah, it's 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 an easy thing to overlook, but yeah, if you happen to have a blink dagger, it, it's it's a hard thing to plan for. <laughs> Let's be honest. But if you happen to have a blink dagger and you get techies, they are best friends. So there's uh basically two really strong alliances with Scrappy. Um, you can do a variation of each. You, these are just kind of. When I talk about alliances, I don't want to make give people the idea that I'm giving them these builds and they need to like stick coherently to these builds otherwise they won't have success because that's very much the opposite of what this game kind of is there are suggestions and paths and flow points 
for every every single turn of the game but mainly the best thing you can do is keep an eye on the board make sure your stuff isn't over farmed and go for the things that's being presented to you readily you don't want to go fishing for things just because you think it's going to it's the only way your build's going to work that's not the case the most important part of being scrappy is having four scrappy after that you've got a lot of leeway with what you want to do with your build so what you're saying here charlie is um to be scrappy Yes, always just be scrappy. Just get out there and yeah. scrap it up. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> but um, I had talked about the Scrappy Mage Warlock concept earlier. The whole idea behind that is that the four Scrappy Heroes give you a nice survivable, um, you know, uh, core of units, yeah. and then you can put some uh, DPS behind it on the back line. Uh, Shadow Shaman is nice in this build because he benefits from the Mage Alliance, the three Mage Alliance you'll be providing. And uh, he also synergizes with Alchemist for the healing on Warlocks. So it's it's a pretty big uh, power you mean spike. Which doctor? No, no, I'm an Alchemist. Oh, okay. Shadow I heard you say sh I heard you say Shadow Shaman, and I was like, it's not a Warlock. I'm sorry, Shadow Fiend. God. <laughs> <laughs> I'm, I'm too talking many about shadows. Shadow. Yeah, too many shadows, too many shamans, too many trolls. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, no, um, yeah, I meant Shadow Fiend, because uh, Shadow Fiend slots in with uh, Warlock, and um, he provides a demon bonus to himself that makes him stronger. Right. And, and I mean, then he even, also benefits from the mage bonus. Yeah. And even uh, like I'm looking at the list uh, Timbersaw, uh, Clockwork, Alchemist, that's a solid front line. Yeah, no, those are those are very strong, you know, frontline units that are going to be beefy enough to take the hits while you are trying to buy time for your crystal maiden to build up your cattle. Uh, yeah, that's generally yeah, yeah. the the goal you're going for. Um, your third mage can really be anything. Like I said, um, razors easy, but maybe razors already farmed because there's primordial comps. Lena's fine in that instance. Um, Lich. Yeah, Lich is obviously the go-to uh, if you can get a Lich. Um, that's great. You could even do a Lich instead of Coddle if you wanted to. Mainly, that's and that's what I was thinking of. I was like, I was going to ask you if uh, when you come across that Lich, you know, who would you swap out? And my suggestion would be be Coddle because Lich's ultimate just gets off quicker. And I mean, even with those nerfs, it's still a Chain Frost boosted by Mage uh mage alliances that's an all even at a one star that's a disgusting amount of damage coming out yeah no you're not wrong um i think it will depend on the item build and if you got a two-star coddle or not um yeah uh, you obviously always want a two-star coddle but if you're still on a one-star coddle and you see a lich that decision's a lot easier <laughs> uh if you're on two-star coddle and you see the one lich you, you, there's some discussions to be had do i have refresher or how how tank as my frontline getting blown up easily or are there a lot of assassins in the game that are killing off uh coddle before he can do what he wants to do things like that so but yeah that's that's definitely a good um especially if you're you're complimented if you're in like a three-star lena you don't want to give her up right like she's got great single target damage so really now i'm sitting here thinking about it I, i'm thinking scrappy or like scrappy warlock may maybe you, the hidden that, and that's that's what I was kind of referring to. Yes, this is a nice build where you get all these kind of synergies lined up, but don't feel like you have to then go find mages just because you've got the Shadow Fiend. You can go for Warlock. You can go yeah. Necro, Disruptor, Alchemist, and Shadow Fiend. It's great. <laughs> you won't you will not hate it in any way. Uh you can and I think it's easier to go six scrappy and four warlock as well. Um generally with six scrappy, you'll probably going be leaning more towards assassin but it 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 has benefits for warlock as well hmm. um and then yeah with a uh, scrappy assassin i know i've talked about that quite a bit um you're going to see bloodseeker now uh because you're going to want to complement him with sniper uh you're probably going to be going for all six units in uh scrappy uh you can slot one of them out but uh obviously um bounty hunter becomes a much better unit because you're going assassin and then you want a third complement for an assassin um, to go with Bounty and Bloodseeker, and that's probably best to be Slark, but you could make a case for a Phantom Assassin. Um, I think with all the mini stuns that Clockwork does, you probably don't really need a Sand King in this build, but he's not terrible either. I mean, Sand King's great, especially if you get, like, uh, what is it, the Bracers of uh, the the thing that resets the cooldown if you can get two or three cast off on, on sand king's alt he's, he's just he can carry you through fights so i won't tell you not to go sand king but you're going to be lacking damage a little bit you want that third assassin to be somebody that can really put out damage and 
if you played this game in a week, you know Slark is that guy. Uh, so, but yeah, um, you you end up in four inventors this way as well. Generally, especially if you find a guy, you, you know, this is an eight unit um, composition, and you could still slot in, go to ten, and slot in a uh, gyro and a um, techies to go with it, and be in seven scrappy with uh, full dead eye bonus and three assassin. So, you've got a little bit of a leeway. You could even swap out the blood seeker for a gyro if you want and then plug in like a Templar assassin. It, it just depends on what you're being offered, really. But the core is, is find four scrappy, find three assassin. Um, it's made easier that Bloodseeker is a dead eye and Sniper is a dead eye. So those have some synergies amongst them themselves there too. Um, but yeah, though, though, like I said, keeping, keeping an eye out on what's being presented to you and what's available is more important than just sticking to a singular build. But the core concepts are there. You want... You want the scrappies to be your front line, and then you add a back line of either warlock, mage, or assassin. Nice. So now all of our listeners should know everything they need to know about scrappy at this point, because I think you just covered everything. Yeah, I can't think of much more to say. I mean, if you guys got any questions, I could <laughs> answer those. Oh, I like, that, that's the problem is you just went over everything. I like. I have no questions. I'm just like, <laughs> yeah, I'm 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 gonna end this podcast. And I'm going to go play Scrappy and uh, be a big boss like Charlie. Yeah, go go forth and be a four Scrappy guy. I'm going to be a four Scrappy guy. That's <laughs> totally going to be the name of the show. Four <laughs> Scrappy guy. Outstanding. Right. Yeah. Uh, so anyway, thanks, Charlie, for um, giving us all that information on uh, Scrappy. Um, I, I found it hugely beneficial. Um, I'm, I'm definitely going to try some of this stuff this week. And I hope our listeners do, too. Uh, speaking of our listeners, though, we did have an email this week. You've got mail. Uh, so we had an email this week from uh, Crushinator, uh, spelled with Ooh. a K. Um, I, I'm scared of reading this email now because <laughs> he sounds very intimidating. Uh, Isn't that the stripper robot from Futurama? Um, the Crushinator? Oh, yeah. Sorry. Off topic. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So speaking of this email... Uh, <laughs> and not future stripper bots. Uh, he, he starts out with a, Hey team, I saw this uh, podcast posted on Reddit and I thought I'd check it out and glad I did. Um, I listened to podcasts all day at work and it hadn't crossed my mind to look for a Dota Underlords podcast, even though I'm playing at least one or two rounds a day. Uh, this week I was inspired by another Redditor to try a slightly different approach to the game. Uh, for the first three rounds, you must purchase the hero in the first position in the store. Uh, after you've got your three random heroes, uh, you have to keep at least two of them for the remainder of the match. I've dubbed the playstyle Dota Randalords, and uh, I'm having a pretty good time solving the additional puzzle this creates. Um, I'm at boss one rank right now, and I'm not in a hurry to rise, though honestly my rank has been pretty stable. Uh, despite the Rando Lord restriction. If you're ever feeling stuck in a comp style, give it a try. That's, nice. I, I hadn't heard of this, and I think that sounds like a really fun way to play the game. Yeah, I think this is something where, like, you'd want to have a player match, you know, a private player match with seven other friends that you know. So or you just don't care about your rank. Or you just don't care or, about well, yeah, 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 if you don't care about your rank, like, he... I'm just saying, like, this could be a lot of fun if everybody had to stick to this sort of restriction, too. I, uh, that's where I would really like to see it kind of play out because you might end up having a lot of heroes that get stuck, you know, uh, two or three people stuck using the same unit. So you got to each find different solutions. But yeah, I, I think that's a really cool idea. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, I, and I actually think I know what Reddit thread he's talking about. It, it's basically like a, a Nuzlocke run in Pokemon. <laughs> like, I think that's why I saw it compared. Like, I think that's what the thread called it. It was like, just like doing a Nuzlocke run. Um, and I've never done that, but I, I know the concept. It's like you you make your team out of the first six Pokemon you get, and then that's your team. You're not allowed to. It's essentially you can catch one in each new area is how the new yeah. stock works. And whenever anything dies, it has to die forever. And you have to name all your Pokemon to give you a sense of uh, attachment to them. Those are the yeah, core I, rules that I'm familiar with anyways. Okay, cool. Cool. Thank you for thank you for that that clarification. <laughs> like cuz I didn't like I I don't play Pokémon that much anymore, but I will be when Sword drops so I can have Sir Farfetched. <laughs> like because like uh, admittedly Farfetched yeah. 
Yeah, Farfetch'd, my favorite Pokemon ever. He's got an evolution. I am in it. <laughs> it is my time for Pokemon. But, like, yeah, I love this idea. This is this is a great thing to, like, to do with friends, in my opinion. Like, get a group of eight and then just yeah. do, do something like this. And it sounds a lot of fun, to be perfectly honest. Maybe, maybe we can do this in our Discord channel. Oh, mm -hmm. wait. That we haven't created yet. Totally coming was... next week, guys. <laughs> Trademark <laughs> soon. We we did not talk about it at all. <laughs> I don't think it even came up once after we finished the show. We're just not like, hey, let's go do whatever. Uh, I will get with uh, Willie this week, and we will work on it together, because JR swamped, and the last thing he needs is a channel to um, be a moderator <laughs> for. So yeah. the... Uh, that will come to me and Willie and we'll kind of figure out how we want the layout to look. And then we can uh, put the invite out somewhere, maybe in the, yeah. the Dota Underlords official under self-promotion or throw the link up on Reddit. Or we can always put the link up under our podcast too to get into our Discord. So, well, there are a lot of ways to <laughs> to solve that problem and uh, we will figure it out. Yeah. Um, but anyway, Crushinator, thanks for that email. Um, yeah. I, I love emails like this too, where it, it's not really asking us a question. It's just giving us information that we can share with our listeners yeah, yeah. I, lo I love i love getting emails like i don't remember ever getting a uh email for heroes power hour but like this is great i i love give us more emails guys yeah. i i love reading stuff like this this stuff like this makes me legitimately happy yeah 100 and uh if you would like to email us that is yo underlords at gmail.com uh yo underlords at gmail.com and uh, that's the way that uh, we'll, you know, read your email uh, next week's show. And I, I honestly, I, I read every email we get. We we've been averaging one a week. So yeah. Um, but if we get more, we'll read more. It'll be it'll be a good time. So anyway, I think it's time to get out of here though. Um, good. Yeah. yeah. So if you'd like to help support the show, uh, there's one way that you can do that, and that's to head over to like Apple Podcasts, iTunes whatever it's called, and leave a review there. If you leave a five-star review, um, we will read it on next week's show. We've got some really fun reviews that we've read in the past, and I, I'd love to see some more of those. Um, but that's a great way to um, get us out there because, like, uh, Crushinator said, he's like, hey, I didn't even know there was a Dota Underlords podcast. Yeah. And this is Following way... us on Spotify would probably help, too. Yeah. Yeah. Um, there's lots of places. There's uh, Spotify, Apple Podcasts. I mean, if you're listening to the show, you already know these places. Right. So, um, <laughs> yeah, that's the tricking part. Yeah. <laughs> but uh, beyond that, though, uh, shout out to how can people get in contact with you? I'm going to start with Charlie this week. First off, I want to shout out my good friend Willie for putting on a very successful UPL season and uh, casting and organizing and coming up with the Rambat idea and just a very successful first season. Somebody got paid. You know, there was no drama. Uh, everything went exactly <laughs> as you guys were hoping. I'm really happy for you guys and everybody should go check out UPL. Uh, as for me, uh, you can follow me on Twitter at BalrogFanVP. Uh, you can check out my Twitch channel, although I don't really stream enough. Maybe I will if there was ever... A call for it but generally i don't <laughs> uh twitch.tv slash balrog fan uh you can just watch me play if you just want to watch me play underlords when i'm on uh, i have broadcast set to open you can just send me a friend request on uh steam that's uh balrog fan as well awesome how about you willie well, you can find me at Zexorus on any social media. Um, you can find me twitch.tv slash Zexorus. Most weeks, I think I'm taking a break this week from uh, from casting UPL um, this week. But you can also find me Friday nights, 7 p.m. over at twitch.tv slash Underlords Pro. Um, you can also find, if you're Russian, you can find us at Underlords Pro RU as well. Um, we're going to have more information coming out in the days about season three, the format changes, as well as that yeah, EU tournament that will be coming out uh, for season three as well. And yeah, send any hate mail to Zexorus at gmail.com. <laughs> All right. Um, as for me, uh, shout outs. I, I just like to give a shout out to um, everybody that's listening to the show, everybody that's sending in emails. Uh, all of you that are tweeting at us. Um, it, it's been pretty cool to like 
start up a podcast uh, from scratch. Again, this is first time I've done this in heck five years at this point. Um, and just kind of getting that feeling of the, you know, the OGs um, coming in to the community and, uh, uh, you know, uh, sending us emails and getting us excited about this game and, uh, you know, excited to talk to you guys. So um, I, I think it's pretty cool to see see that growth a little bit. And I'm really excited to see uh, where this game goes once the game officially actually comes out and we're in season one. Um, but if you want to find me, uh, I'm over on Twitter at Eldorian. Uh, so thanks for joining us for episode six of Yo, an Underlords podcast. Uh, you can tweet us at podcast yo, or as I said earlier, email us at younderlords at gmail.com with comments, questions, and ideas that you have for the show. Uh, thanks for tuning in, and we'll see you all next week. Bye.